T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning, everybody. A lot going on and inside the clubhouse today. He is Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. The Cubs have lost another starting pitcher to injury, and they could not afford to do that. The White Sox close out the Minnesota Twins last night. Rick Hahn speaks before the game. Lots going on, Bruce. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Yeah, there's uh, plenty going on in Chicago baseball as we're approaching the All-Star break a week from tomorrow, and uh, the Cubs clinging to a first place that is uh, tenuous, but in the National League Central, one game looks like five games these days. And White Sox, uh, White Sox trying to decide if they are indeed going after a second wild card. Uh, Rick Hahn insists that's not the number one thing. The rebuild is still number one. We'll discuss all of this in the next two hours. Yeah, uh, that National League Central, nobody really wants to win it. It's uh, been available for somebody to step up and take control of for a while here because nobody's playing really well. I think the the Cubs have lost 11 of their last 18, and the Brewers are in the midst of a similarly bad streak. Absolutely. And by the way, Matt, um, this uh, segment brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your home for the best food in Chicagoland. Here's the checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best restaurant, without question. The best bakery on the North Shore, yes. Max and Benny's dinners from 4 to 9 p.m. feature full meals of roast beef, chicken, the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city. Bakery goods to die for include sugar cookies, mondo bread, home-baked bagels, bialis, rye bread at maxandbenny's.com. Private party room and business meeting area, 10 to 150, 100 catering is king at Max and Benny's. Ask for John at MaxandBennies.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Bennies in Northbrook. Love you some all-star break coming up. And <laughs> the team's trying to find out exactly where they're at. And if, if you're looking at the Chicago Cubs, Matt, you have to start with the injury that took place to Cole Hamels last night. Yeah, let's listen to what it sounded like. This is the beginning of the second inning. Hamels apparently felt something in the first, but went out to try and warm up for the second. Cole Hamels went out to start the bottom of the second inning. He made two pitches, and then he he immediately started walking toward the Cubs' third base dugout. We have no idea why he had to leave, but he knew there was something wrong, and uh, he did not really stop to talk to anyone. He just walked straight toward the Cubs' clubhouse, and Cole Hamels is done for the game. So a very surprising development has just uh, occurred here in Cincinnati. That is nothing you want to see. And when it's a veteran pitcher who knows his body, that was pretty pretty horrifying to see that right. happen like that. Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer on the score last night reporting from Cincinnati. And as you said, Matt, uh, 
he knew exactly what had occurred because two years ago, when he was with the Texas Rangers, he had a similar injury, and it cost him two months on the IL. Talking to reporters afterwards, he had some other thoughts about whether or not this is a serious or not. Yeah, he first um, talked about when he felt it. Uh, he felt it a little bit in the first inning, apparently. The cutter to uh, Gwinnett, um, you know, and, and you know, kind of felt more like a cramp uh, because I've, I've, you know, strained and or tore my oblique uh, a couple of years ago and that was completely different that's you know the one where you feel like you just got shot so it felt like you just got shot is what he described it a couple of years ago so not not as not quite as bad but again uh you know he talked a little bit about being cautious i do understand though i came back probably a week earlier than i probably should have and you know that was i mean that was about two months um I, I don't think it's going to be as bad, but I know after experiencing it once uh, and seeing what type of results I was then continuing to, to put up, uh, that's not going to be any sort of good case or good scenario to be able to, to repeat that. So I want to make sure that you know, when I come back and everything's the way it should be, the way that I'm used to doing it and the way I've been playing uh, so that I can make a difference. So, as you say, Bruce, he was hurt April 26th of 2017, did not pitch again until June 26th with this injury, gave up seven runs his first time back, his first seven starts upon his return, a 4.74 ERA, had a 4.53 ERA in total the rest of the way. This is the man who's a free agent at the end of the year and has been absolutely brilliant since he came to Chicago. So he is... Uh, on many, many levels, not going to risk this anytime real soon. Yeah, the, the truth of the matter is is that he has experience with it. He's a 36-year-old pitcher. He has been uh, arguably the best pitcher of the Cubs, uh, certainly all year long, and one of the top four or five pitchers in the National League. And now they have their two top pitchers as far as performance this year mm -hmm. in both him and Hendricks on the IL. Hendricks motoring toward a 45-pitch side session today and maybe possibly coming back by next weekend. I think that's a long shot for them to do that instead of giving him the extra four or five days starting July 12th after the All-Star break to, to bring him back. But nonetheless, uh, the, the six-man rotation now turns back to a five-man rotation with Al Zalay and Chatwood both in it for the time being. Yeah, yesterday before the game, the announcement was that Chatwood was going back in the bullpen and wouldn't be available for a while. But now that's not going to be the nope. case. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, I mean, just, just to show people how good Hamels has been with last year and this year combined as a Cub, 28 starts is before last night, 175 innings, so more than six innings per start with a 2.67 ERA over 28 starts. That's basically a full season yeah, of stats. No, he's been fantastic. And even, even in the bad ones, he's somehow kept the, the team in the game. So, yeah. uh, it, you know, we talk about bad acquisitions. You know, give Epstein and Hoyer, you know, a total thumbs up and arrow pointing way upward for this deal that kept them viable. Sure, it cost him $20 million uh, to be able to pick up his uh, contract at the beginning of this year with the option, but it certainly has been important. Now you're looking at six weeks of minimum to, uh, to see uh, him not be around. Uh, that's, that's my best-case scenario. But listening to him talk, hmm. it's like 
not as bad, but we have to protect it. Uh, you know, I don't want to come back too early. He was talking about the fact that two months was too early last time coming but, back. But it was a full tear last time, and he yeah, doesn't think we'll, that's We'll know this more way. about it, but I mean, you know, again, uh, you know, brace yourself for... At least a month. A month to six weeks, yeah. you know, at, at the... And again, um, you, you caution on the side of too many days off rather than too few when you have this type of valuable older picture. So they and, were and Picota's looking smarter every day. Oh boy. Um they <laughs> they were always uh, they have been on the trade market looking for a left-handed reliever. They've been on the trade market perhaps looking for offense. We'll play Jed Hoyer later on talking about this right. that this week. I don't think they're going to do that for starting pitching. I think they'll use uh, Alzali and Chatwood, and then Hendricks will be back at some point. There's guys like Alec Mills and yeah. Colin Ray down at, the, down at the farm, right, if they really have to bring somebody up for starting. And they have a day off on Friday, an oddball day off Friday before the White Sox and Cubs series next Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can do some maneuvering around until the All-Star break. Hamels will miss one until July 12th. So if we're ahead of ourselves and this is just not an oblique tear or uh, grade two, three, whatever it is, strain, um, maybe he's back in three weeks. But uh, that would be optimistic at this point, according to Hamels. You know, um, the guy who came in and was given all the time in the world to warm up and expected to go long and the guy who's been so good the last couple of years in that swingman role, doing kind of anything they asked, is Mike Montgomery, and he's been brutal of late. And he well, was it's been all year. Uh, yeah, he really has. Yeah. And and I wanted to ask you, as a guy who's around the team a lot, all the time, and and, and I've been around the team some. What's his What's his mental state? He let a couple guys steal last night. He yeah. ha- has seemingly been, you know, unhappy with the role. Uh, I, I think. Uh, I mean, he's been a he's still a good camper when it comes to understanding what his role is. The problem is there, there's a, there's a couple different layers, and and it's a good question that you ask. A very good question. First of all, he's been hurt since spring training, so he never really got into that mode in spring training where he was full flat out, um, you know building up the innings with with Montgomery over the last two years they let him built up like a starting pitcher mm-hmm. then back that down then built him back up you remember last year he had to replace uh Har- um, Har- um Darvish Darvish right away uh, May 20th he had to rebuild his innings he he was great uh the next six seven eight starts he pitched fantastic for him uh kept uh, them going and viable He's done that a couple of years in a row, but this year... Your, your starting, point is interesting, by the way, that yeah. they had him as the starter, and then right. it, like he was ready for the full load, and then down, and then back right. up. And this year, he didn't have the luxury of being able to build as many innings in spring training, so I don't think he's ever hit that level of feeling good about himself. As far as his mentality, I talked to him a lot about that, the fact that he, he's not made any money yet, and that he's uh, sacrificed himself as a starter and as a reliever, and that there's no, there's no, um, no net underneath uh, the high wire for him. In other yeah. words, if he co- goes into the James Russell uh, area of his career, James Russell, a relief pitcher that was abused by the Cubs early in his career, uh, even before um, the Epstein-Hoyer group got here, not abused intentionally, but abused because he had a rubber arm and he was the only left-hander 
for um, the Cubs in 2012-13. Mm -hmm. um, career impacted because of the fact that he never turned the ball down. The team never did anything wrong. It's just that the macho, I can do it, I can do it. Oh, by the way, I've just blown out. And uh, that's what happens. That's what Montgomery fears. I think that, that, that speaks well to what I've been sensing as, as you're around him right. and, and what the feel of is in there is like, man, it, it, and he's been selfless and done everything yeah. he's been asked and, to do, and, but and it's, ham it's, it's hampering his career. And he, and he knows it. They know it. And it's just like, you know, if you're the, if you're the Cubs, it's like, we're not going to abuse you, but we are going to take advantage of the fact that you can pitch often and you can do multiple roles. And he has saved the team in that aspect. But, you know, the long term is, you know, does it impact him? Do you get this ineffectiveness now? And does it impact the rest of his career? Uh, meanwhile, you don't have the same guy, which is the bottom line for what fans are concerned with right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. Apparently last night after the game, there were handshakes and hugs for Carlos Gonzalez, who not has, for hitting two home runs, no, not for the six oh six, the no. six oh six OPS he has uh, accrued as a Cub. Really nice debut, but boy, he was bad in Cleveland offensively and just absolutely brutal here. Yeah. So I think I think Cargo is going to be done today. Yeah, I think his it's not only probably the end of his Cub career, but his career. He's uh, he's probably finished. You know, two viable teams, one American League, one National League, right. give you a shot with room to to, right. to make it, and, and, and he can. And do do everything they can to make sure that uh, you have the time to get the at bats, but it's just it's just not there. Yeah. Uh, so so looking at two roster moves at some point today for the Cubs, most uh, likely an outfielder and a reliever. But you know, I can't identify exactly who it is at this point in time. Robel Garcia, can they bring up Robel Garcia? This is a nice AAA story. He's twenty six years old. Yeah. He's got twenty one homers. It takes a forty man roster move. You know, you have to move somebody off the forty man and move him on. Uh, twenty one homers. You know, in a both at double A, triple A combined, mm -hmm. but also a forty percent strikeout rate. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then and then a reliever. I mean there's a lot of arms that have been shuttling back and forth, so so we'll see, you know. Yeah. Uh, right now it's Tim Collins. Yeah, mm -hmm. right now it's all about uh the Cubs trying to piece it together and stay viable. Uh again, you know, they are still one game lead that, as I said coming into this, Matt. Mm-hmm. In our show today, one game looks like five games right now. The way, you know, he, here's, here's how the Brewers have been broken down. Uh, over the last 10, the Cubs are five and five. The Brewers are three and seven. Oof. Cardinals, four and six. Pittsburgh's back into it after being like eight games out a week ago. They're now four games out and have been eight and two in their last 10. And Cincinnati uh, getting uh, uh, Scooter Jeanette back who was a key to their offense last night, they're 6-4, and four, only five-and-a-half games out. So from all of that, uh, you're seeing a, uh, you know, a sardine can with all, all the teams in that can right now. Yeah, and the Brewers are getting aggressive. Travis Shaw going to AAA today for the Brewers. That's their cleanup guy the last two years. Yeah. He's had more than 30 homers and a, and a war over three in each year. Um, Jimmy Nelson back to the injured list. Who knows if he'll ever come back. Hernan Perez, apparently like cargo getting, having people tell him goodbye. That's a clubhouse glue guy. Looks like three different roster moves for the Brewers today. The, the, the pitching uh, for the Brewers has been predictably not good. Yeah. They have a wonderful offense. They have a very good defensive team. 
They just, outside of Hayter in the bullpen, uh, Jeffress uh, touch and go a little bit. That has been uh, up in the air. So it makes for what Joe Madden has said all year long, and that is a division that's not going to go away, you know, a group that's, uh, that's going to have to fight all the way through it. We'll take your phone calls on this stuff. We will talk some White Sox and Twins later on in the hour. Going to talk to Aaron Bummer, the fine left-handed reliever who was awfully good last night. I'm uh, going to talk to him later on in the show as well. Yeah, and John Greenberg, a fine journalist, talking about a book he has and Chicago baseball. He'll be with us as well at 9.30. It is 6.70 the score. It's inside the clubhouse this hour, of which is being brought to you by the Grand Geneva Resort and Spa, home of the Brute and the Highlands Championship Golf Course, GrandGenevaGolf.com. Callers, hang on. We'll be right back on 6.70 the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back in on 670 to score. Texters getting in inside the clubhouse at 670-11. One uh, question is, how is Ian Happ doing? Not well. Up and down. Theo uh, Epstein addressed that this week. He said that uh, he had been progressing nicely, then hit a bump in the road for about a week or 10 days where he was back to his left-handed swing, not being able to have any lift. A lot of ground balls. Mm-hmm. So uh, can he be or will he be a call-up today, you know, if Cargo is let go? Possible. Possible. Because Cargo expected to be designated for assignment today, and then they'll need a bat. We were talking about Robel Garcia, but does Ian Happ get his second chance today conceivable? You know, I, I would say if we understood their plan, is was their plan to keep him down there till he hit – certain uh, areas uh, uh, that he delivered on the criteria that they laid out for him in his player development. Yeah, that's what uh, is very specific developmental right. stuff they wanted so, him to work on down so there. So it, it about, might not be result-specific. Right, very good. The, the idea that um, has he accomplished what they want him to accomplish rather than their need, right? which is more important. Mm-hmm. So we'll find that out today. 6-7 of the score is where you are. Before we talk to John Greenberg, let's talk to Matt in River North. Matt, good morning. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, fellas. Morning. Morning, fellas. Morning. Uh, my, I had a question for Bruce. Um, you don't like Matt? No, no. It's a, go ahead, Matt. No, I'm sorry. My, my, question, my question for Bruce is the Cubs need an igniter. You know, I know everybody's talking about Whit Merrifield. I imagine he'd be extremely difficult to get. Who else is out there like that? Maybe a D. Gordon? I mean, those guys are harder to find they than power hitters. They are to find, yeah. Uh, and Matt Spiegel, and, and thank you, Matt, for your call. We'll, we'll address that. Matt, uh, you know, with, you know, Merrifield is the guy, uh, 28 years old, signed a long-term favorable contract with Kansas City, can play second base, multiple outfield has the most hits in the American League, uh, has stolen, you know, 25 to 30 bases a year, would be the ideal guy at the top of the order. Um, my, my sources that know the Kansas City people tell me 
that they would want rather, even though they're in a deep rebuild, they would want major league ready players. It's interesting. Yeah. Major league ready players that are under contract control. So they can sell that to their fans, the idea of getting rid of Whit Merrifield. Well, at least we're getting these major league guys. Not only that, but, uh, you know, maybe their rebuild is more in line with what the, uh, what the Yankees uh, tried to do uh, a few years back, and that is uh, give it up for a short period of time, but the next year have guys that are ready to help you compete and win. So uh, from that perspective, it's not going to be two Class A guys for Merrifield. They talked in the offseason to Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein about getting guys in the Zobrist mode who could you know, have really good at-bats and make a bunch of contact, as opposed to the proliferation of power-slash-strikeout guys that they have. And now, having lost Zobrist himself... They have even fewer of right. those guys. So they would have to give up one of those power guys to get a contact guy like Merrifield? I'm not, I'm not sure yeah, who I mean, that would I be. Mean, he's one of the top players in the American League. Right. But who are you going to give up off the Major League roster to get that done? You know, I mean, would you, would you give up uh, Edwards as part of the deal? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, would, would, you, uh, would you give up Bodie in that deal? Yeah, I, I I probably would for Merrifield. All right, well, yeah. so we just made a trade. Okay, okay. All let's, right. let's call him up and get it done. I mean, you know, Bodie is a is a really good looking player. Uh, the Cubs have signed him to a long term contract for a period of time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he Merrifield uh, of the future? You know, as he continues to develop at age twenty six, or is he kind of what you see right now? A really good player that can play a couple of positions. That's going to be a 260, 270 hitter and, you know, do some of the things defensively you like. Yeah. Kind of be your sixth man comparison, you know, to basketball. You know, is he your super utility guy for the infield that you don't miss much with if you get an injury? Yeah. You know, a a lot of a lot of folks texting in sounds like. The guy you're describing uh, who is in that Ben Zobrist mode is Ben Zobrist, that that would be right. nice to, to add him back, and he yeah, could play I mean, a bunch of positions. I mean, keep in mind, in 83 at-bats, you know, and we know that Ben had wasn't a lot on his Ben, mm-hmm. had one extra base hit. Okay. One. And, you know, 38 years old after laying off three months, he's, you know, it's likely that he'll come back around September 1st, but... They're going to need something way before that. So you, you, know? do, you do think he's going to end up I coming back around chan- September I 1? A, I think there's a chance, depending on his family situation and, mm. and how it shakes out, that you know, they want him to come back. He, I'm sure he wants to end his career on a positive note. He certainly deserves it. He's always going to be one of the most important um, footnotes in, in Chicago Cub history. A tremendous professional on the field, off the field. You know, um, you know there's nothing... Not good to say about uh, about Ben Zobris. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the phone number, but there's a special hotline number that certain guys get to use when they call in. And when you write a book, um, and we like you as a human, sometimes we talk to you, especially when it's Cubs or White Sox related. Bruce, we bring in John Greenberg, one of the great Chicago journalists, who joins us and has uh, this great Cub book, uh, If These Walls Could Talk, about the Chicago Cubs that he has out there. And John, uh, being the the man about town covering all the sports as well as the Cubs and Sox, joins us today. How are you? 
Oh, I'm doing good, Bruce. Thanks for the uh, Chet Copic like uh, intro. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Chet's not with us, so it's my it's my job to continue uh, in that vein. <laughs> your dime, your dance floor, John. <laughs> exactly, John. Uh, first, first off, uh, your your thoughts about uh, this recent Cub team right now, where it stands at the All Star Game, almost, and uh, what's your what's the way you would sum up Chicago Cub baseball right now? Well, it's funny because every time something good happens, you know, the question turns to the players and, and maybe even to ourselves, like, is this the turning point? <laughs> you know, is Craig Kimbrell saved me that they're fixed? Uh, and obviously it didn't if you look at last night. Uh, so it, they're, they're basically the, the last few years has been kind of the same formula. I mean, different things have happened, but, you know, it's just everyone wants to point back to, like, is this feel like 2016? Like, this quest, that question might be asked to players every time something good happens? And the answer is no, because <laughs> it's not going to be like 2016. This is an, Im- it's a very talented, imperfect team. And I think the problems this year are a little different than before. You know, they don't have a deep of, as deep of a bench. We're seeing some starting pitching injuries. I-, I picked them before the season to win 91 games and take the division. And I think that still looks pretty good. You know, that's a pretty accurate I think guess of what what this season was going to be like a 91 win or a 90 win season's not depending on how you get there you know it isn't great and I think that's kind of where this team is now they have the talent to compete there's just you know there's a little something missing and I think for most teams that aren't the best team in their division every year you know that that's kind of how the seasons go so you just have to ride this one out and see if Theo Epstein has what it takes you know, as far as inventory, as far as prospect depth, as far as maybe even guts to make a bigger trade, you know, to shake things up here uh, before the trade deadline. Yeah, you know, they're on pace for 88 wins right now. And the the guts part of that is really interesting because Jed Hoyer kind of openly said, you know, might have to deal for a, a hitter and that might have to deal, you know, with the major league roster. I wonder how big they might go because there's not a lot to send out there, but there's, there's a lot of needs that they have. I'm reminded of 2004 when the Red Sox traded Nomar Garcia para, you know, gave up on a guy right kind of in the middle of a, of of his window seemingly to try and shake things up. So you think that's, that's possible that we see like a guy that we've considered a core piece go. Yeah, but it's just tough to think who, because there's, you know, Nomar had the name, right? Yep. I mean, they knew they didn't want him anymore. <laughs> they basically knew they wanted to get rid of him, but you know, maybe other people didn't know that as much. But you're right; he was still he could still hit. When he people forget when his numbers in '04 were good, he wasn't the reason you know the Cubs faded down the stretch. But they knew they wanted to get rid of him. But this year, it's I, I'm all for him being for Theo being aggressive. It's just because of contract and because of you know you're not going to trade Javi, you're not going to trade Wilson, you're not going to trade Chris or Rizzo. So, you know, what are you going to get for Almora? What are you well, going to get for... You, you have Russell and Bodie that are, uh, right. are available to you. If you believe <laughs> yeah, that, right. you can trade Russell knowing you don't have a backup shortstop in the organization. Right. And it's like you need a defensive guy late. And, you know, Bodie is funny. Last year I heard that teams were really calling about Bodie. Mm-hmm. They wanted him last Teams wanted him last year if the Cubs were going to make a deal, and they said no. They wanted to keep him. You know, is that a thing? They, did they hold on to him? You know, he's fine. I like Bodie, but... Should they made a move last year for him? Should did you know? Here's a question. I mean, you can't fault them for not doing this, but after the World Series, should they have just had more foresight and said, you know what, we have too many of these young guys on the same kind of timeline. Should we get rid of? Should we trade one now? Why everyone's up, why everyone's stock is high? 
Right. You know, but they didn't do that. Obviously, they held on, and now we've seen guys. You know, stocks really dip in the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, the offensive. Uh, you know, the the run differential for the Cubs is is so skewed as far as I'm concerned because of the fact I think they have 12 or 13 games of 10 runs or more, and many of them occurred the first uh, six or seven weeks of the season. And when you look at their run differential and their actual ability to score runs when they need to, they're two different things. And uh, I I equate it back to the top of the order, John, uh, the idea that as good as – as, as good as Schwarber's been as of late there, he'd be much more impactful as a number five hitter. Uh, can you imagine him and uh, Contreras five and six switching off lefty-righty, uh, depending on the pitcher. There would be tremendous more impact if he had a true number one hitter, a guy you know like a, a Merrifield that could come in and be your everyday uh, top-of-the-order hitter. No, that's a great point, and the run differential thing is absolutely right. When you when you're going over any of these kind of team stats that look positive or negative, you got to kind of see the context of it and really dig game by game. So that's a great point because you're right. You don't look at the Cubs and say like, wow, this is a team that's going to outscore them at, you know, when they have to every game. Cause it just hasn't happened that last game when at home, when Kimbrell got the save, that was a positive sign. At least, you know, we talked to, to Rizzo afterwards and he said, you know, he loved how they kind of grinded out those runs in the middle innings. But that's just it's almost a surprise when you see that. And they have too many too many rally killers on this team. And it's just I, I don't know what the answer is for Theo. You're right. Like a Whit Merrifield would be great. I actually saw a woman wearing a Whit Merrifield jersey at Wrigley on Thursday. I don't know why. Trying to will it to happen. Uh, perhaps. Well, I also saw a guy wearing a Brandon Inn jersey, so it could just be an AL Central party. Quickly tell us about the book and how people can purchase. Well, yeah, so I, the book, um, Triumph asked me to write something last year, and I kind of just got to work on it quickly. Um, and what I did, I wanted to do was kind of look at the Cubs from o, from the 3 offseason till now. You know, I wrote it, I was still adding stuff, you know, at the end of spring training, um, and just kind of see how that, that kind of quest to win it all, you know, developed over the years, the kind of highs and the lows, spent some time on 4 you know, with the no more deal and things like that. And listening to Jim Hendry kind of describe how that went down to me was fun. And Bruce has heard it a million times, but that's like a fun old school baseball conversation. Yeah. Without the expletives. What? Without the expletives. (laughs) You left those out. Uh, Most of them, but yeah. uh, So yeah, I just went through it and, you know, obviously a lot for the past few years, you know, my view of being there covering them for the world series and, and the, you know, no one's really written about the two years since besides, you know, every day, no one in a book. So I wrote about the 2017 and 2018 seasons, which I think, you know, people should find interesting. You can find the book at an Amazon at most independent bookstores in the city. If they don't have it, they'll order it for you right away. Um, some Barnes and Nobles have them. I'll be doing a signing at the bookstall on July 11th in Winneka. If you guys want to come up, Very nice. maybe I'll bring some Max and Benny's for Bruce. Okay, that sounds good. I'll bring yeah, you some so golden shoes as well as some insurance from like Jeff you know, I think they'll really like this book. Okay. Hey, great, John. Uh, keep up the great work. Love, love your work all the time. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always fun, uh, you know, uh, seeing you at the ballpark. You know, we, there's never a day goes by where we don't take a jab at each other, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> you're, the, you're the best, and I love the show. I always say I listen like every other parent driving their kids to Little League in the morning. Uh, your guys' show always helps us get there. I think, uh, I, I think that's really the law. It. I think it's the law. You're, you have to, if you're driving a little league, you must listen to this show. Ab- absolutely. 
John, I believe it should be a civic law. John, thanks, thanks a billion. Thanks. Good luck with the book. Thanks, guys. All right. It's John Greenberg from The Athletic. Um, we have this officially now. Carlos Gonzalez has been put on waivers by the Cubs. If he clears waivers, they'd like for him to go to the minors would be his decision. This from John Heyman now this morning. You think Cargo would say, all right, I'll go to the minors? Not sure. Uh, at this point of his career, he's got to decide if it's, this is it. After, As you said, two uh, competing teams Gave getting opportunities and not able to do it. I think his career is over. 312-644-6767. Some tape from Rick Hahn at the top of the hour that you need to hear. Aaron Bummer is going to join us later on in the second hour as well. And a couple of cool moments back-to-back from last night's Twins-White Sox game. We'll play those next for you on 670 The Score. Eloy Jimenez hits a ball sky high, deep center field. Kepler back, it is gone! Two-run home run and a cushion from Jimenez. A bomb from Eloy Jimenez. He's got that easy power, doesn't he, Bruce Levine? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, magic. You don't see the huge swing. It's a very compact move, and boom. It goes 420. Yeah, it was uh, awfully smooth, and that's against Jose Barrios. So the Twins were leaving out there in the eighth inning, kind of expecting him to go the whole way and just give them a shot in the bottom of the or in the top of the ninth to come back from 4-2, but that made it 6-2. And, and onward we go. Um, tickets are now on sale for the Chicago Dogs, getting the game this weekend with the best post-game fireworks tonight and pre-game autographs from Big Z tomorrow on Family Sunday. Tickets at thechicagodogs.com. The Chicago Dogs, baseball with everything. And you will be there tomorrow broadcasting Hit and Run. What, what time is that show, and uh, who will be some of your guests? Yeah, 9 o'clock is the show until about 11.35 because Cubs pregame is early. But, yeah, I'll be live out there at Impact Field and both Carlos Zambrano and Butch Hobson wow. are coming by to hang out for a little while. Right. I'm looking forward to that very much. I'd be interested if you get into either one of their blow-ups. There's lots of options. Yes, there's right? a lot of things there's to go on. There's a million ways to go with both of those guys. I'm looking forward to talking to them, that's for sure. Um, so, so last night, if people didn't see, like, there were some moments when the first-place Twins could have come back and, and taken that game from the White Sox. And the guy we're going to talk to next hour, Aaron Bummer, had something to say about both situations. Absolutely. Uh, so impactful in two innings, getting a double play in one, getting a huge strikeout in the other. Yeah, let's hear the end of the seventh inning with, uh, with the bases loaded or at least first and third at this point. To third, Rondon Sanchez. Got him double play. That sound you hear is a stadium sigh of relief. There's a huge double play and really beautifully turned. Rondon sliding down to grab it and then a nice pivot, and they, they, they got the guy by quite a butt. Yeah, quite a bit, thanks actually. To Jason Benetti on uh, NBC Sports Chicago. A terrific call there, and uh, the idea that. Uh, you know, this is uh, we're watching a reliever starting to come into his own uh, on the cusp of maybe an all star appearance as well. And then to end the eighth inning, um, two outs, two strikes on the batter. And here's Aaron Bummer finishing the inning. Four to two. Bummer struck him out. Absolutely handcuffed him with a cutter to 
retire the side. What's gorgeous about that, it's like one of my favorite things in baseball, Bruce, is when the pitcher knows it's strike three before anybody says anything or makes any call, before anybody else reacts. He's already sitting in the uh, dugout, right, before... (laughs) Before the umpire does his punch out. Yeah, like he, he throws it. I think it was a cutter, 89 miles an hour on the inside of the left-handed yeah. hitter. Well, we'll have Aaron on uh, at the bottom of the next hour, and uh, he'll talk a little bit about exactly how he's carving these guys up. Yeah, because that, that was just it's called strike three, and he's just walking off the mound already knowing what's happening. This is, this is a real guy. This is a legit guy that they have found along the way in the course of this rebuild here. 312-644-6767 is our number for Inside the Clubhouse. You can text Matt at 67011, and uh, we will continue to talk Sox Cubs in the next hour. Rick Hahn talked to the media yesterday. We'll, uh, we'll discuss some of the things he said, some of them a little shocking about the fact that uh, even though they're a wild card uh, cusp team right now, Matt, uh, maybe the goal is still more of the future rather than 2019. I thought it was some really good welcome transparency from Rick Hahn yesterday yeah. on a day of really ugly, awful injury news continuing for White Sox yeah, prospects. Yeah, the arm surgeries continue. The other oddball injuries occur to some of their top prospects as well. Yeah, one of, one of the pitchers got hit in the face with a foul ball in, yeah. the, in, in the dugout. Hamilton, yeah. Um, Hamilton, and now and he's going to be out for the year because he's got to get surgery to put his jaw back together and stuff. Yeah, it's frightening Oof. to hear, you know, uh, reconstruction of the jaw, uh, putting more teeth and back into his mouth. You know, you don't, you don't think of baseball as a contact sport, yet when you have a projectile flying 100 miles an hour at you, it's a contact sport. Yeah, uh, this is Tony in Downers Grove on the score. Tony, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. What's happening? Hey, hey guys. Hey, Bruce, I have a question about the Sox. But I, at first, I, I just want to say two things. One is on this on the sabermetrics. I, you know, I listen to the sabermetrics between twins every now and then on the midday, and, you know, you need to be a, an expert to realize that if you hit a lot of home runs but not a lot of people on base, that you, you stand a chance of not winning as much as you can if you hit home runs with men on base. So you can have all the launch angles you want. If you don't have men on base, it doesn't mean as much. Um, in regards to the Sox, why would they – put John Jay, why would they acquire John Jay if they didn't have an idea to go for a wild card? And then who would they give up, Bruce, and, and try to get? I certainly don't want to see him compromise the rebuild and end up like the Cubs, who are supposed to be perennial killers and be in the World Series every year. And, and they're, although they play well, they're, they're not meeting the expectations. I'd rather, I'd rather keep the rebuild going. Well, you know, and thanks for your call. Matt, uh, you know, addressing a couple of his things here, you know, the, the sabermetrics, you know, this year the, the home runs have skewed everything, but certainly, you know, war players, sabermetrics are, are here and will be staying here for a long time as far as the analytics inside the game, as well as the fun for a lot of people being able to keep up to the game through statistics, which is a way that a lot of people enjoy the game now, not investing the three and a half hours into watching a game. That's that's just reality. Or you could do both. There's well, a lot of downtime you, you during can, games you, to look you at can, your iPad. You can, but uh, honestly, for millennials right now, with the type of lives that they run, uh, three and a half hours is not a realistic amount of time to spend watching a ball game. So there are other ways to enjoy baseball. I'm all in on it. Now, the, the other point here, you know, with, with the White Sox and the guys like John Jay, 
they are still, as Rick Hahn will tell you a little bit later, at the end of the beginning of the rebuild. You need veteran pitchers like Benuelos and Santana and Nova to piece it together for you while, while you're building a young group of starting pitchers that can compete. While the attrition occurs with all these injuries that we see, not just with the White Sox, but many teams in baseball, you have to have these veterans to be able to continue to go through the war of 162 games. So the John Jays and the Alonzos are needed parts to buy your uh, team time to A, develop your players, B, get your injured young players back, and C, like you'll see in hopefully in the fall of 2019, the winter of 2020, the White Sox starting to add veteran players to this mix that they are putting larger amounts of money and trust in as far as them being parts of this rebuild. This is what it looks like in a rebuild, but there comes a point, and I think it came this week, and we'll hear Rick Hahn talk about it. I think we heard Ricky Renteria last week basically say, get Despagna off my team, or you know, basically say, if he's here, I have to throw him. You know, and Odrissimer Despagna then was not here. Yeah, I mean, you know, give, this is the moment to take time right. away from the guys that do not matter. I'm, but again, you know, you have to be able to piece to get together these starts. You can't have right. bullpen starting games twice a week. They do not have arms to to populate that rotation. You know, so, right and, now. and I think you are on the verge of seeing Dylan Cease. In my opinion, most likely next week. There it is. 670, the score is where you are. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. We'll talk uh, to Aaron Bummer next hour, and you'll hear from Rick Hahn talking about some of this stuff when we come back on Inside the Clubhouse. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 